1: Welcome back, Bears fans, to another episode of the Chicago Audible. It's Thursday night. The date is September 3rd, which means it's time for Bears football. Well, almost. We have 10 days right now until the season begins. And if you're listening to the podcast, more than likely you have nine days, perhaps even less, until we actually get this season underway. But heck, I'm very excited that it's finally just about here. I'm your host, and I'm joined by my co-host, Nicholas Moriano. And Nick, we haven't had a show together just the two of us in quite a while and it feels nice to kind of get back into our flow right before the season. But I know you had some puppy training, some class earlier with Brady the dog, which is always good to hear those updates. How that go and how've you been? Yeah, so I've been well, Will, and it has been some time since we've both been on, but
0: puppy class went really, really good today. The first week was a little rough. He was starting to get used to things. It's just really walking, sitting down, laying down but we got Brady to do all that, and he does his own little puppy push-ups now, so it's basically a sit down, sit, gets a treat. so he did really well, and I kind of, I like the progress that I'm seeing because you know these bite marks on my hand are not getting you know I'm not getting used to those, but I am getting used to him
1: learning bit by bit here. You sound like a proud dad, Nick, you really do.
0: You know, I, I'm yeah, i puppy dad. I mean, that's what it is. Like, even on the car ride there, he was sitting in his seat the entire time. So it's been it's been nice. And, Will, I have to ask you, and obviously I know the result, but I've been telling our listeners when I went the first, you know, when I did the last solo podcast, you have to update
1: everybody. How did coaching go? Even though I know the <laughs> result, but you got to tell everybody now. Oh, do I have to? Like, it yeah. wasn't pretty. But, I mean, people care. Uh, so we lost 36-0. Uh, it was like, we're seventh grade and it, they felt like a JV team out there. They were tall. I mean, you can't teach size and they had a tight end that was like six, four I kept calling them George Kittle out there. The kid that we had to guard him barely got up to like the kid's chest. It was a uh, easy pitch and catch all day long. Uh, offensive line got manhandled and we're working on conditioning. We only have 14 kids though. The other team had like 30. So it's a big challenge, Nick, but uh, implemented some new formations today, uh, working on maybe like a triple option system as well to implement. We'll see if we can grasp it. It was a little bit of a tough learning curve today, but it was day one. But just trying to keep things fresh and keep this offense evolving. And hopefully the Bears do the same thing this year when they get on the field. But got to stay Uh, you got to stay fresh. And on top of that, I'm trying to adapt my scheme, Nick, believe it or not, to the talent that I have available instead of forcing my scheme on the kids that I got. So just that's my quick update.
0: Yeah, there you go. Uh, Hopefully the opponents are now listening to this podcast, hearing maybe some updates that you're thinking about. But yeah, that's great that you're adapting. And look, you're already going through like the coaching kind of, I guess, lifestyle. You have to adapt to what you have with you. And yeah, I'm, I'm really curious to hear how you know, the kids kind of progress throughout the season.
1: We'll keep you updated. We have another game September 17th, so we do have some time, which is why I'm adding some of these new wrinkles. But you're right, I should keep them under wraps because what happens if someone finds me, knows that I talk about it on this show, <laughs> and there it all goes. I mean, I've I already heard from coaches around the area, so I should zip my lip just a little bit, but... People are here to listen to us talk Chicago Bears football, not my middle school football. Maybe one day, maybe I'll do my own football coaching podcast. But for this purpose, Nick, Chicago Bears football, just let our listeners know what is in store for them today. The big one, what we're going to start off with is our 53-man roster predictions. After that, we'll follow that up with predicting the quarterback winner for that competition. We'll do some bold predictions, some other, not preseason predictions, but they are pre season predictions and we'll wrap it up with our official record predictions. I know that our listeners pretty much all off season, what are the bears going to do? What's the record going to be? How many wins do you got? And we wait until we know who's on this roster. We know the schedule. We see how everything's shaken out because we like to make it official. And we're going to stick to our numbers here, at least for a few weeks before we change them again. Does a robot know you like a neighbor? Insurance corporation will fulfill request to cover anyone, anything, anytime, So with that, Nick, are you ready to jump on into our show and talk some 53-man roster, go position by position, find out who we have making this team? Yeah, this is always a fun exercise. Let's let's get to it. All right. 53-man roster prediction for the Chicago Bears here in 2020. And it's kind of fun, Nick. We've been doing this now for four or five years, and I was actually looking back at notes like my previous roster predictions, and it's just crazy to see the overhaul and just how much things can change without you're really noticing until you kind of take a few steps back, but do we want to start on offense? I think that makes a lot of sense.
0: Yeah, that's how I have my notes structure. So that would really help me out. So let's start with the offensive side of the ball.
1: All right. So for offense, starting at quarterback, I think this one's an easy one. I have 17. No, I got two. Uh Nick Foles, Mitchell Trubisky, no particular order yet. We're going to talk about who's starting or who we believe will be starting here in just a week uh, later on here in the show. But Nick Foles, Mitchell Trubisky, no room here for Tyler Bray. He's back on the practice squad. I don't think there's really much here to discuss at this point. We're going to talk quarterbacks plenty, but tell me you have something different, and I hope you don't.
0: No, no different on the quarterbacks. Still Mitchell, Trubisky, Nick Foles, and that's it for the you know, 53-man roster.
1: All right, so we've got two quarterbacks making the roster. Let's bump down two running back there, Nick, and I'm going to let you begin. Give me your number before we go ahead and start off.
0: Yeah, so I have four running backs here, and it depends how you characterize one of the guys there. But So my four, do you want me to name them right now, Will, before...
1: Yeah, I have four as well, so that's not a surprise to me. Uh, We'll see. I'm assuming it'll be the last guy that it could swing either way, but uh, go ahead. Tell me what you got. Yeah, so I have David Montgomery, Tariq Cohen, Cordell
0: Patterson as the running back, but I also have Ryan Nall making this 53-man roster. I... So as I was creating this, just to kind of give people a background at what I was thinking, 53, and this is going into week one, and what I see with David Montgomery and the groin injury, they say he's supposed to be ready a two- to four-week time span. I think the Bears just want to bring on somebody else going into week one at Detroit to make sure that they have enough, I guess, firepower back there. And, look, Ryan Noll, I think it was, what, halfway through the season last year where he actually was on the the actual – um, team. So I have the Bears, and I obviously put Cordell Patterson in there, but I have Ryan Nall initially making this 53-man roster.
1: I'm surprised by that, honestly. Uh, I have four. I have your top three, but I'm going to go with Artavis Pierce as my fourth running back. A, I've told you since the Bears signed him as an undrafted free agent, I'm really high on him, and you heard a lot of good buzz on him coming out of camp. He looks quick. He looks fast, fluid, like an every-down type of running back, and Ryan all is not that style. He's been kind of sitting around that practice squad esque. And honestly, I didn't hear much about his camp. So to me, that's not really good signs for him making this roster. And sure you can have Pierce sitting on the practice squad, but I think they like that Napoleon Maxwell as well. And I would wouldn't be surprised if they put him on the practice squad, maybe Ryan all as well. But I like Pierce a lot here because he will provide you if David Montgomery's unable to go week one, and again, that groin injury, it's it's real iffy if he's going to be there 100%. I think Pierce is your next closest option for an every-down, three-down type of running back that you want in this offense. I know Patterson, he's a speed guy, and I don't even know how he's going to be utilized yet. Cohen, he's that speed outside one-trick pony. And then Ryan All. if he's just a bruiser, I think you're not going to give defenses much of a challenge, at least knowing how you want to utilize those backs. And I think Pierce... He has the skill set to be a receiver out of the backfield. He can be a downhill thumper. He can be a little shifty as well. I think he just gives you a little bit more versatility than Orion Nall. And that's why I would put him on my roster over Nall. But again, we don't get to watch the practices. We're not in the meetings. It can go either way. Um, but this is what I've heard about Pierce from media, from the Bears themselves. They seem pretty high on him. And that's why I would envision him making this roster.
0: All right. I like it. Already the first. Um... I don't know. Discrepancy here between our 53 man rosters, but I bet it's going to, there's going to be a trend here. Because how many, uh, I'll ask you now, Will, how many tight ends you have making it?
1: Are we going that direction? We can go tight ends. I had receiver next on my list, but I got five tight ends on my roster. How about you? I have four. So you go All first. All right. All right. So my five uh, Jimmy Graham, Cole Komet, Demetrius Harris, Jesper Horstead, JP Holtz. Those are going to be my five making the team i know eric sauber he's had a very good camp too i mean this whole tight end group from top to bottom we've heard it almost every day out of Hallis hall just how strong this unit looks and just how good of a unit they are from the top to the bottom and i think that's why you keep five if you do if you drop it down to four you may lose someone that you don't want to lose right now just because of all the buzz that's at the position and i felt nice because i let your guy holtz stay around uh I was between uh actually um and Saubert just looking at how the roster is shaking out and I think if they're gonna go five I would like to see Horstead but if it was the other way around with Saubert on the active roster and Horstead on a practice squad I wouldn't be surprised but apparently you are because you said you only had four so who's not in it
0: so I'll just say who's in it and then we'll we'll obviously process of elimination there I do have Cole (laughs) Komet, Jimmy Graham, Demetrius Harris, then it ends at JP Holtz. I did not have the yeah, Bears yeah, yeah. um taking Jesper Horstead, but he, he does find a place somewhere. Well, I mean, I kind of gave it away. Where else would he find a place, right? On the practice Squad. Uh, but I just think that this time around, the big problem with the Bears and their tight ends and Matt Nagy and that, you know, they just weren't available. It seems like this group, for the most part, will be available. So there's not as much of an emphasis to maybe carry an additional guy that most likely is going to be playing on special teams and i thought there was value elsewhere to kind of take another guy but yeah it did come down to me and i did adjust this a couple of times where i did at one point will i did have jesper horstead and i did have five tight ends and then just kind of thinking about it a little bit more i just thought hey jp holtz will be that final guy he plays a very versatile position he could be that fullback, the H-back in the backfield like we've seen you know, at times last season and also at tight end. I think he had, what, their longest play in that screenplay against Dallas. So it's, it that really tells how bad that position was from the tight ends last season. But I have the Bears having four, taking four for the 53.
1: Okay. I mean, I understand Holtz, and that's why I kept him here because he can be that hybrid guy. Demetrius Harris, they're talking about him. They're writing stories on him. He's sticking around. And then for me, Horstead, he is just a seam buster. I mean, you see it in practice. You saw it last year in training camp. You saw it in preseason. saw it in a regular season. He's really fluid in the seam, and he can stretch a defense that way. And I don't think you have too many of those guys on a roster, and I don't want him knowing with a little bit more tape on him. NFL, other teams know what he brings to the table. I know practice squad sizes are getting bigger, but I can see someone like a Horstead, being picked up and going somewhere else so that's why i would rather keep them uh and then and not lose them and i, I honestly nick when i finished up i only had 52 guys so i still had an extra spot on top of this <laughs> so i was i was feeling pretty good about keeping that fifth tight end but we're moving over to wide receivers apparently you have seven then if you're gonna do four at tight end no i'm no. probably wrong six
0: yeah i do have six and i'll, I'll name my six here i have obviously Al Robinson. Anthony Miller, Ted Jr., Riley Ridley, Darnell Mooney. And I I made space. There was a spot for still Javon Wims to make this team. Just from what we're hearing, again, from the Bears reporters, he's been having a pretty decent camp. Now, I do think that if he does make this roster, he needs to have more of a special teams role on this team. He hasn't, hasn't, you know, thus far throughout his Bears career, he really hasn't had that or contributed on special teams aspect for this Bears roster, but now that he is a six and we've only heard great things from fifth round draft pick Darnell Mooney, Mm -hmm. where I think he's gonna have more of an impact than I was initially thinking this season, Javon Wims does make it, but I do see him definitely contributing a little bit more on special teams than he has in the past.
1: He has to. I mean he really does. Like you said, like if he needs if the Bears need guys in that third phase and if you're gonna keep wide receivers, especially six So whoever's on that bottom of the barrel does need to contribute over there. I have the same six as you, Nick. Uh, Riley Ridley, he's been turning it on as of late. You're hearing a lot of good things coming out of his camp. Same thing with Mooney. Ted again, Jr. as well, just how he's a very great leadership presence and someone that can really help this offense. And he's excited about his potential. Anthony Miller, since he's gotten less limited, you're hearing a lot of good buzz about him. And I know Allen Robinson's been dealing with a minor injury and – That's another topic maybe for a different day, but maybe the silver lining is they were able to give all these guys some extended looks that perhaps they wouldn't have had that same opportunity um, if Robinson wasn't sidelined here for some of this time. And I I like the report that you're hearing coming out. It's really strong and it's encouraging. And that's why I had a hard time going down to five if I had to, and I didn't think I had to. So just like you, I have the same six and I think that's a really strong group. And it's one that I get excited about as well
0: yeah so now we're on to our our last offensive position you know process of elimination like i said earlier um will what do you have for the offensive line what are you kind of thinking in terms of number and then go ahead with the
1: guys that you got there sure i got eight how about you first eight i do have eight yep all right i got charles leno jr james daniels cody whitehair jermaine afeti bobby massey that you're starting five and then if you're looking at reserves, you got Rashad Coward again, just because he showed he can play guard last year. He's been getting more experience at tackle this year. Right now, Jason Spriggs. I know he's been injured as well, but the Bears seem high on him, so maybe if it's that serious of an injury, he can maybe start on IR, but right now he's on my team. Alex Bars, and then I just have both Simmons and Hambright, our Bears' late-round draft picks at the tackle and guard position. Starting the year end the practice squad, uh, just because they're young, they have plenty of time to get groomed here, and I think with the talent above them, you don't need to rush either of those players. So I'm feeling pretty good about this 8. Are, am I close? We have the exact same 8 in the exact
0: same order. in our. You know, It's like we could have looked at each other's notes and it would have been the exact same thing there. But, yeah, I have no problem with your 8. I think that's uh, obviously you have the starting 5, but the depth piece is the only guy that really was in question Was that Jason Spriggs that you mentioned there, Will? Just because he is dealing with an injury, you don't know whether or not he is going to start on IR and then come back. But, you know, a former second round draft pick, played with the Packers for a number of years. He's a guy that would be that swing tackle position, someone that the Bears are kind of looking for. Um, But I think, you know, he will start on the 53. We we haven't really even heard uh, reports of the update on his injury since he went down in practice or where he's at. So, I just played it safe and put him on the 53, and I, I think if you put a guy like that that does have experience, you can protect up to four players now with the new rules that have experience for the practice squad, but I think the Bears, and they obviously haven't updated, on, updated us on his health. I just haven't making him the 53.
1: Okay. No, that makes sense, and that's why I did it, because, I mean, if you put in, like, a Hambright or a Simmons, instead you're losing that experience and you're rushing, I think, one of these prospects where – taking your time with them would probably be the smarter move. And I don't think it's going to make you better if you place them over a Spriggs as well. So that's why I went with those eight and, you know, guys like a Mustafa uh, from Notre Dame last year with bars who were teammates. I just, I didn't see a lot out of him last year and I know they kept him around, but I just don't think he's probably shown enough to earn a spot on this actual roster. So for offense, I had 25 players. You had 24 uh, and I have the opposite for defense. I have 24, spoiler alert. And I'm sure you will probably flip this. So this will be interesting to see how it all plays out. But no big surprises for me. I, I'm surprised you went with Ryan Nall over Pierce. Was the reason just his experience in the system a little bit more?
0: You know, it was that and when I was, like, factoring in what kind of running back do the Bears need just for maybe this week one matchup. Like you mentioned with Cordell Paris and Cone, guys with speed that can get to the outside. And we know Ryan Null. He not necessarily. He's definitely not a speed guy, and he's a guy that's going to run in between the tackles. But it also depends on how bad the injury or where David Montgomery's at. So if you needed somebody just in case that could, you know, has a body frame to like take those those hits inside, and you know, maybe get you a yard or two. That's that's a Ryan Null. So that's kind of how I I factored him into my equation and. He can also serve as that H-back that, that J.P. Holtz plays as well. So you guys you have two versatile kind of guys in that way. But that was my thinking. And, yeah, when you said you know, Pierce, I'm like, okay, uh, I could see why. But it's going to be interesting when it comes down, you know, 53, which is going to be on Saturday at 3 p.m. The Bears have to make
1: those final cuts. Right. We'll know who makes this team. Yeah, we will here very soon. I'm glad we're squeezing in this episode here uh, at the tail end of our week as well. But, Nick, uh, I'll send you a link on some of uh, Pierce's plays from last year from Oregon State, and maybe I'll change your mind after the show. No, you're you're pretty hard-headed guy, so I won't. But uh, I'll make you regret your decision, nevertheless. I promise. You know, and here before we move on, there like Ryan All and Pierce, they played on the same
0: team, so right. they're rooting for each other. Ryan Null spoke with the media. What was it? yesterday i believe i'm like who wait who is this guy what he sh- sh- popped up because you don't see a lot of ryan Null. No, let's be completely honest but yeah he only had great things to say about his former teammate which is in the best and you know it could come down to who makes you know one of these guys makes a final you know 53 but wishing the best for both of them
1: hey current teammates not former yet maybe soon again true, true. but we don't know just yet but all right nick let's go ahead let's transition over to defense. Uh, usually we start defense in the trenches so let's go ahead and begin with that defensive line I want to say you're going six I
0: want to say you're right and I do have six do you have six over there I do have six okay uh let's see if our six are the same I have Akeem Hicks Bilal Nichols Roy Robinson Harris John Jenkins Abdullah Anderson and Brent Urban
1: I don't know yeah. if we I don't know if we went six if there would have been a difference, honestly. I don't know what your other option would have been. So, yes, we have the same list. I thought, Nick, an ideal world at defensive line, you go with five. Like, in an ideal situation, if you had Eddie Goldman, I think you go and you can live with five. But Goldman's out. You're going to have guys playing out of what I'm going to call natural positions. Akeem Hicks, he's been missing some time. He just came back today in practice, so... Again, hopefully he can get 100% for the season, but that already puts me concerned about his longevity to play the same amount of snaps that we've seen. So I just feel like with defensive line, you're going to need more of a rotation, uh, especially in the middle and that interior, and that's why I think you go 6 to keep guys fresh this season. Uh, So that's my big reason why I'm going to go with the 6. Is there a specific reason? Was it just a numbers game? Was it just looking at overall talent? Uh, To me, I was trying to find a way best to live life without Eddie Goldman. And then also Akeem Hicks trying to make sure you don't gas him out too soon this season.
0: Yeah, so that was, I mean, very similar thought process on why I thought six was a good number for them. Even though, you know, the Bears are going to be in these sub packages, have, you know, an extra defensive back, you still want to have a good number and just an extra guy because you don't have those snaps that Eddie Goldman would have been playing. Obviously, he would have been their nose tackle be that starter but you just want to have some guys that are going at the young guys at that they're that going to fill in for you know an Eddie Goldman a really really good nose tackle so the Roy Robertson Harris snaps are going to go up the Bilal Nichols snaps are going to go up but you also need an Abdullah Anderson to come in every now and then Fun, I mean not I guess the fun fact but uh, I went to Bears fair with my girlfriend and when I was there I'm like who is this large human being and then it ended up being Abdullah Anderson just benching, you know, the entire gym. Um, and the, the, I could, like, I recognized him, but it was, it was hard to make it. Because, again, you don't see a lot of Abdullah Anderson, you know, on Sundays. But I'm like, that man is huge. And I can't even imagine Akeem Hicks and, you know, the rest of these linemen there. But, yeah, so that's why I chose ultimately to go with six guys. You have to compensate for Eddie Goldman not being there. And I think you need a little bit, you know, committee to do that.
1: Sure, and we saw really good things out of Brent Urban last year when he came in in a reserve role, and I think the Bears are high on him. And John Jenkins last year, I know we've had him a couple years ago, but just last year he had a very strong season. I don't think his role needs to be as large as it was, but if he can come in and produce at the same level, the Bears should be set at defensive line. Despite no Eddie Goldman, I would feel still pretty darn confident in this group overall from top to bottom. Uh, just as a very sound unit. Again, you wish 91 was here, and it would probably change how we look at some of these numbers, but given the current situation that we have, it's it's still a really strong unit and one that I think six makes a lot of sense, and I'm glad you and I are in agreement there. But let's bounce out to outside linebacker, and I have a hunch this is where we're going to go a little bit astray. Uh, how many do you have and who? Actually, I have five. have five. I have, I five. I have four. Yep. Okay,
0: yeah, so I did have four initially. This was one of them that I changed, but I don't know what my thought process here exactly was, but once we start talking about (laughs) it, I'll remember it. So I have five, and I'll just kind of go ahead and name my five and then explain why. I have Khalil Mack, Robert Quinn, Travis Gibson, Barkevius Mingo, and I found a way to get Isaiah Irving back on this roster. He was a guy that was out. And now I put him back in. And here's my reasoning. Well, I see you shaking shaking your head, and it's it's justified. I just thought, okay, there's definitely going to be snaps where Quinn is not in the game, uh, just given age and how they're going to probably use him. And Cleo Mack's going to need a breather. Are you really trusting that much to put Travis Gibson into a valuable or, like, you know, a crucial situation, a, a rookie? And, look, I like the upside with him, but he is transitioning from a – hand-in-the-dirt kind of player to being an outside linebacker. And he did a little bit of that in college. But I just thought, hey, they know what they have in Isaiah Irving. It's not the best. It could be worse probably, but it's not much. But at least it's someone that's had experience in this defense, even with Fangio, with Pagano, who's been on the Bears for a little bit. And he's, I guess he's just not going to maybe blow an assignment, but you can't really trust him at that. But I just felt like there was a little bit more trust in an Irving right now, maybe not much, than a Travis Gibson at this point in his career. Obviously, we got to see him develop, but that was my thought process. Initially, I didn't have him well. I was on the same thinking as you, but I found a place to put Isaiah Irving on this 53
1: okay I mean I get it I mean obviously I have four and you saw me shaking my head I just don't have Irving that's the only difference yeah. I have Mingo Gibson Quinn Mac, and I agree they're they can't be on the field 24-7 they need to be fresh and I think Gibson though is someone who I would trust uh to handle this uh again I haven't seen him play in a Bears uniform so this is a gut feeling here but Nick just answer a couple of questions in the past what have you seen out of Isaiah Irving what's the answer
0: Absolutely nothing.
1: Okay. What have you heard about him this training camp?
0: Was he in training camp? I have no idea. No, I'm just kidding. There
1: you go. That's my thought process. I have never seen anything out of Isaiah Irving that really got me excited about his future. He's always had, quote, potential, but you can take any undrafted free agent throw him on your roster and say, hey, this kid has potential. That's just what potential is. But I haven't seen him raise his bar of play, maybe somewhat, but he's always been a little smaller. I know he gained some weight. He got stronger. That was all the talk last year. I didn't see that in the field. He just got washed out of plays way too consistently whenever he was on there. So for that reason, and the reason that I heard literally diddly squat is going to be the word I'm going to use here for Isaiah Irving throughout training camp, yeah. I, You you just go with the rookie. You drafted him for a reason. You put some trust into him. And then in a the practice squad, you have a bigger one. You can throw Irving back there if you really want to keep him around just in case. And then we haven't even mentioned, but Ladarius Mack, the Bears seem to be using him as part of like PR. They had an interview for him. I know they talked about him a lot. Now again, maybe they're just really trying to get Mack and the name out there because why not? But I bet you Mack makes this practice squad as well because Khalil wants his brother around and you can have two outside linebackers on this practice squad. So I'm okay with four. They kept four a year ago. I know the previous year they kept six, but I'm looking at talent on this defense and I can see using that spot elsewhere. And we'll talk about that in a minute, but again, Isaiah Irving, he just doesn't do it for me. And I wouldn't be surprised if he's gone. And like you, Nick, I wouldn't be surprised if he stays just for that reason as well, the familiarity. But again, even if there's someone who's familiar it may not mean he's the best option there for you. I think with Gibson, you don't have to throw as much at him. You just have him, hey, go out there, go get, go after the quarterback. You don't have to drop him in coverage or anything fancy, especially if you're putting Gibson and Mingo on at the same time. You have Mingo drop back in coverage. You put Gibson out there to rush the passer, and I think that will be all right. So for me, I can live life without Isaiah Irving on the Chicago Bears team here in 2020, Nick.
0: Yeah, same here, but he found a way of mine.
1: <laughs> well... I guess so did Drake and Josh, so that's okay.
0: There you go.
1: <laughs> hey, I, I was like, oh, that sounds familiar, and I, I came up with that on a spot, proud of myself. All right, so from outside linebacker to inside linebacker, how many do you have here?
0: I have four. What about you? I have five. Okay. Uh, who do you um, – actually, I'll say I say my four, and then we'll get your fifth, right? Uh, mm-hmm. I have Dane Trevathan, Roquan Smith, Joel E.A. Buniwe and Josh Woods making and rounding out the four inside linebackers. Who's the other guy?
1: I think you should know. I mean, maybe you're just trying to have some good banter on the show, but it's Rashad Smith. Uh, You just hear, again, really good things out of him here in camp, and I'm going with what the Bears are at least letting us hear about, and I heard about Rashad Smith. I know he was an undrafted free agent, but a very productive inside linebacker in college as well. Again, hey, having two R. Smiths at inside backer is interesting, but – that's kind of the reality I think we're gonna be in. Again, Hurdy had a really strong camp, came in, was playing fast, instinctually sound, aggressive, and the Bears last year I think they kept five at inside backer as well. No, actually it could have been six last year with KPL quit. Four, fifth, yeah, I think so. Four or five. But either way, I think they mm-hmm. want I think they want this guy for like special teams purposes. I think if I was looking at, hey, you want a guy to produce on special teams but I'd rather have Isaiah Irving or Rashad Smith, who's a little bit rangier, can probably lay the wood a little bit stronger and just be a little bit more overly productive there on special teams. So for me, that's why I'm bringing on Rashad Smith. You can groom him. He's a good project to have. I know people talked about him when the Bears signed him as an undrafted free agent. Hey, this can be a Danny Trevathan replacement in a couple of years. So I think you jumpstart that growth, you get that development rolling, and you bring them on this active roster right now. So I wouldn't hesitate to do it. Again, at least for my roster, the numbers worked out. This is where I had my 52, Nick. And I was like, who? who? who okay, who do I have in a practice squad that I would elevate? And it was Rashad Smith, uh, just what he can provide the third phase. So I have the same four as you, but I'm going to add another Smith here at inside backer.
0: It's a smart move, Will, because, I mean, we know the injuries with the two starters. So mm-hmm. it, it makes sense to kind of have another insurance plan right and you know having another r smith there maybe the teams don't know no i'm just kidding but yeah it makes sense just in case um but i think the bears obviously they obviously felt comfortable with danny trevathan and his injury pass because they could have you know they could have um offered the contract to nick wikowski but they let him go to the raiders so there's got to be a sense of confidence and of course there is with those two linebackers but yeah it's a smart move um
1: they did but keep yeah, six I, last year. That just dawned on me. So you had Trevathan, Roquan Smith, KPL, Nick Wachowski, Josh Woods, and Iggy.
0: Yeah, that, that's math. That we could do this. And that's six. I can count.
1: I remember the team from last year. Yeah. So dropping it down to five. I mean, it would be tough to me. Just how much they like that linebacker type to play special teams here under Chris Tabor it would be real tough to me to drop it over to four. So that's why I'm going to go to five. I really like that value in the third phase. And, again, you don't need Rashad Smith to play defense, but God forbid if he's fast out there, you put him on kickoff coverage, you put him on punt coverage, I'd have a lot of faith he can go down there and make a tackle. So for me, we're going Rashad Smith over Isaiah Irving. It's official. You heard it here first. (laughs) All right, cornerback, what you got, Nick? How many? I
0: got six cornerbacks making it. How about you, Will? I got five.
1: So okay. this is, this again, we're a little off here, which is good. Defense is a little bit more astray. So I'll give you my five. You tell me who the sixth is because there's no way my five are going to differ from any five you got. So we're going to have Kyle Fuller, Jalen Johnson, Buster Screen, Kevin Tolliver, and Kendall Vildor. Those are going to be the five. I don't think there's any earth-shattering revelations here. Uh, Tolliver and Johnson were battling for that number one. I know we lost Artie Burns. Um, I know we lost Trey Roberson as well build you've heard some good things about in camp off and on again he's a rookie he's somebody you can bring on a little bit slower and jalen johnson even though he started off limited he's been picking it up here too and again we don't know if he's gonna start uh, or or they're gonna put him inside buster screen outside that's actually maybe a good second talking point that we can have here at this position um but who's gonna be your sixth
0: yeah so the sixth is duke shelley who also met at bears fit but here's you kind of mentioned why um i kind of you know have him making it we Buster Screen has been talked about possibly playing the outside in case Jalen Johnson isn't healthy or ready to go for Week 1, or it could be Kevin Tolliver that starts the season. But it it, kind of, it looks like it's inching forward for Jalen Johnson to uh, you know, eventually take that job. But let's say Buster Screen does have to play on the outside. I do want to have Duke Shelley, who did get limited, very limited amount of snaps. I think it was the Cowboys game where Buster Screen had to come out for a couple couple of plays. Duke Shelley was the first one in there. But Kendall Vildor is also a rookie, and that's a lot to ask of him right now. But again, reports are saying, um, from, you know, Bears reporters, like, Vildor's having a good camp. So maybe you could see why you can maybe place him over at Duke Shelley, but it's really if Buster Screen has to play anything on the outside, you wanna have another guy capable of playing that nickel cornerback position, whether it is Vildor or Duke Shelley, and obviously these guys are going to be guys that contribute on special teams. So that's how I factored in bringing six cornerbacks for my 53 as opposed to five like you will. But that was my main reasoning.
1: I I get it. I mean, I'm so comfortable with Vildor. I mean, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if, okay, if we can have this conversation now, if they had screen outside, I wouldn't be surprised if they put Johnson inside. I'll tell you that that could be an option that they can have because inside's a little bit, I don't want to say easier because I don't think it isn't. But if you don't trust them outside and he's close, I don't know why you wouldn't maybe just trust him inside because why are you cross training people anyway? I, I don't know. I would keep Johnson outside from day one, personally. But I wouldn't have your fifth round. I think Vildor is in the fifth round, right? Fourth yep. or fifth? Yeah, fifth round corner starting nickel, or even your sixth round corner from a year ago starting nickel over Jalen Johnson, your second overall pick this season on this defense. Just my two cents. I wouldn't do it, especially if Johnson's coming along, as they've been saying. It would just it would rub me the wrong way because I from what I've heard from Duke Shelley is he's had a very tough camp, and he's seeming a little lost out there. And so for me, I don't think you need to force him on this roster. Again, you have an expanded practice squad. He pretty much sat on it last year. He can sit on it again. I think mentally he's a little bit behind, and maybe he'll put this on his Instagram story, and we could talk about that one too. But. I don't know. I just, From what I'm hearing from Duke Shelley, my gut says he's not going to make the active roster. He sticks around, but Vildor will. And Johnson, I think he has to start week one. I've I've been adamant that injuries be damned, knowledge be damned. He needs to be a week one starter. If it's outside, if it's inside, I don't care. I think it makes a lot of sense to just keep him outside, let him roll with it. I think it's easier. You have a sideline to play with. You have a little extra friend out there. Instead of having inside, where you're going to be going up against tight ends and slot receivers, and heck, even teams number ones because they'll throw them in a slot too. Uh, but that's just my two cents on how the corners should shake out. But I don't know. I'm surprised you went with Duke Shelley. I don't, maybe you're trying to make up for that clip that he put on his Instagram a year ago when he said that he wasn't going to amount to much on this defense last year, yeah, that, and you're trying yeah. and you're trying to bring it up this year. So when you see him at Bears fit, he doesn't give you the stink eye again. But uh, I can't outside of that. Nick, I have a hard time actually envisioning that you actually would go this route
0: you know i also factor in like um, I, look i mentioned this earlier i'm uh, amount of times that the defenses are in these sub packages they bring in extra nickelbacks all the time so you need these guys you need a good amount of them and you know duke shelley does have a year of experience he did borrow my dumbbell at bears fit which is cool we bunch bench the same weight uh no but he's uh again it was not it's not like a clear cut like hey i need to put duke Shelley on this roster i just looked at you know some of those other spots and like okay the bears are in nickel or in sub packages about 70 percent of the time do i trust a guy that has one year of experience over a rookie i like i love kindle vildor i really do just talking to you know his coaches and the guys that he's been working out oliver davis uh you know a cornerback specialist kindle vildor is gonna have i think a good nfl career I just think maybe Duke Shelley has maybe a little edge, maybe there's a little bit more trust, but yeah, that that was, I guess, my main again main reasoning
1: why I have six as opposed to five. You Jim Bros, that's what it's all coming down to, gym basically. Red. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that's all I took away from that, Nick. <laughs> I mean, uh, that's about it. I mean, we'll see. I, again, rookies, I understand, but Duke Shelley, even though he has a year of experience, I would say, I don't know how much of a factor that would play in my decision here again i'm not the one making these decisions we'll see here in a few days uh, how it all shakes out but let's move on to safety because i know you've been waiting and waiting and you were so mad that i shoved it all the way down here to the end but let's talk safeties how many do you have i have five same
0: here i have five um i wonder if we have the same five though so i have eddie jackson to gibson my guy deon bush marquee christian
1: and then sherrick mcmanus making the five who do you have uh, i have instead of christian dhc uh, just because they gave him that extra opportunity and so i can still stick with him on our 53 man roster at least my 53 man roster i know they brought in a christian though who as soon as they brought him we both said well watch out dhc you're <laughs> back on the you're back on the short list though so you better be stepping up again i didn't hear anything from either guy this is just pure gut feeling and i would go Similar to your reasoning with a rookie, I would go with someone who's been playing special teams in Chicago for the last four or five years uh, in a DeAndre Houston Carson, uh, then someone who just came in, uh, not off the street, but into Chicago, what, three weeks ago now? And So I know special teams isn't huge to pick up, uh, but I feel like DeAndre Houston Carson would have at least a mental edge here, and I think that's going to be enough. Um, but I'm glad we both have Sherrick McManus. Uh, I've seen a few other f- people saying, I don't know if he's going to make the team. And you and I were both in agreement when we did countdown to camp that if you bring Sherrick McManus back, which they have, there's no way you cut him at this stage because of who he is. He's been here since the Levy Smith days. He's someone that people look up to in the locker room. He's well-received, well-liked inside of that locker room. Coaches, players alike. And I think he's more of that ploach. He's that player, coach. And on top of that, he has experience at safety. He can play nickel corner if we needed someone to play inside. We kind of talked about that maybe being a need as well. We've seen him do it pretty well over his career. Again, not someone who you want starting, but if he's out there, I think you feel comfortable. You have to have the Sherrick McManus blitz package because that's just a deadly weapon that needs to be deployed at least once a Sunday. Uh, So I'm glad that you and I both had Sherrick.
0: Yeah, he's a good player to have around, and we talked about how he could be just a mentor for a lot of the young nickel corners or you know just DBs in in that room now. So yeah, it was just I think it's a smart move for the Bears if you know they do decide to go that route, which I think they will.
1: All right, so you and I are both sitting at fifty players on our roster. I'm doing math as we go just to make sure uh, we are sticking to fifty-three and. Honestly, we need to hold ourselves a little bit more accountable, but the math and my notepad checks out. So moving on to special teams, uh, interesting, because I think we're both going to make a change that neither of us thought we were going to have to make a change uh, here when it comes to this unit. But the two that I know we're going to agree on 100%, Patrick Scales, Patrick O'Donnell. we have the Pat and Pat down. So we have that down Pat. See that? I was just waiting for at least a little. (laughs) There it is. All right, so we have that down pat. I said it again, don't know why, but um, did you make a kicking change because of uh, the injury to Panero? Because I felt like you had to. Um, at least, again, if you're not confident in the health of your kicker and you brought in another kicker and you said you were going to keep two and you're going to keep one on the practice squad, I don't know why you would keep the injured one on your active roster.
0: Yeah, no, uh, so going into week one, that's again, that's how I formulated my 53-man yep. roster. I have Cairo Santos actually being the week one starter for the Bears, and Eddie Pinheiro because of that injury, that groin injury, that little groin injury, as Matt Nagy called it, being on the practice squad for you know, hopefully not too long. But look, this is a guy that Matt Nagy has familiarity with at Kansas City, and Cairo Santos, and also knows Carlos Santos from John Fox. But this is yeah, that injury really played into the reason why that, you know, Eddie Pinero will be on the practice squad. Santos will be the week one starter against Detroit. And hopefully it's not something that lingered, but it was something that lingered all last season for Pinheiro. We had Pat O'Donnell was doing kickoffs, right? So Eddie Pinheiro, I think is going to be, I think a guy that you just have to watch and having talking to, to Mason West, physical therapist at Barrington, Illinois, just about groin injuries. It's not something that gets better over time, right? It's not going to just magically poof. It's gone. So it's definitely something to watch. Um, I think, like, just looking at two guys, I had more of a comfortability with an Eddie Pinheiro. I did, Mm -hmm. especially how we kind of ended the 2019 season. But this is what the Bears have to deal with at this point, and the Bears are pretty – they sounded pretty adamant about wanting to just have two guys at all times just in case. More so I think they were thinking for COVID and not – like an injury right now, but I do have Cairo Santos making this roster over Eddie Pinheiro because of that groin injury.
1: I don't feel good about this. I'll tell you that like out of the gate. Did we talk about this on one of our last episodes or was it after the show? I forgot, but we're talking about Eddie Pinheiro and just the injuries and it's just not starting to settle and feel right. Nick, it's really troublesome because I know he has talent, but if he can't stay healthy, that's a really big issue. And he had the issue in Oakland. It it was Oakland at the time, so I can say that. And now he's had the issue here for the last two years. And now he's bringing Santos, which I I have uh, some PTSD about. So (laughs) uh, I I just don't feel good at kicker again. And I feel like it's 2018 all over again.
0: You know, I think the big thing is, like, remember with, um, you know, 2019, it was all about, like, finding the kicker, finding the kicker, finding the kicker. That was a focal point. But really the main problem was the quarterback play. Now the main problem is the quarterback play, and no one's really talking about the kicker situation as much, so I think it's just going to, uh, again, we'll talk about quarterbacks here in a, a, a little bit, but it seems like we're not putting enough emphasis on what kind of problem this could be for the Bears if it is a lingering issue, which it seems like it will be, so yeah, I'm right there with you. I don't like it, and I don't like that. I, it seemed like the Bears were in a, somewhat of a good spot at the end of last season, but Back to the drawing board and you yeah, know, Cairo Santos is not making me feel better.
1: No, it doesn't. And I mean, okay, let's do it. You said no one's doing it, so we can do it. One scale one to ten. One meaning everything's fine, all systems go, ten means the world's falling. Like I put this at like a six and a half or a seven. Like this can lose games. Like we're we're down to not knowing we know who's probably gonna be kicking. I don't have any confidence in the kicker. I'd rather have Elliot Fryback kicking. I don't know. Maybe they rubbed him the wrong way with everything they've done with him over the last couple of years. So they called him. He said, "Nah, I'm good." <laughs> and so they brought yeah. in Santos. So I don't know. I'm not feeling good. And I think it's like you. It's a very big problem that everyone's micro focused on the QBs. And I get it. It's a very, very sexy topic. Is going to be how I'm going to phrase it. But kicker, I know it's not as alluring as it was a year ago, but compared to where we were a year ago it's it's much more troublesome yeah, yeah.
0: I, I mean I'm right there like at a seven I wonder though Will with most stadiums if not all of them at this point now not having fans how does that factor into the kicking situation there's not that like added pressure everybody's watching now it's just the two teams and it's almost like a sense in like a, a big glorified practice in a sense but it's still you need to be able to kick at Soldier Field. The winds are there; they are real. They do they mess up good kickers, and you need to be a good one to make you know put it through the uprights. But I think a lot of things with kickers, like they can all kick the ball; they can all do that. It's I think a psychological game, and no wonder if not having fans is. I wonder if we see an up up kick in kicks mm-hmm. this season. Ooh, uh, but that's a yeah. Yeah, there you go. Um, I wonder if we see that, but it it like I said, I'm still like a seven. Not feeling. I'm not feeling good about this, and it's not being talked about as much. And I'm glad we're giving it a little bit of discussion here. But watch week one. That was what Detroit last year, where we saw some you know, doink field goals with Pinheiro and stuff like that. So it won't sit well. That's for sure.
1: No, if I, I I tell you what, if a game comes down to a kick. I don't know if I can watch. I, I don't, if it comes down to a kick and we're on the wrong side of that kick, Nick, whew, eh, man, I, it's just going to be, it's such a blow to even to think about right now, especially just given not knowing. And if it was Panero and he was healthy and he mis- ends up missing something, so be it. But the fact it's an injury and I need a backup plan. It's, it's just a lot. Um, now you mentioned Panero on the practice squad and I've seen people, you know, saying that's a strong possibility but given the new IR rules, wouldn't you just put him on IR and then keep that practice squad position open? At least if he is injured? I'm, I'm confused why you would shove him on the practice squad at that point.
0: I guess it depends on the severity of the injury where they feel like he would come back maybe even if it's like a week two, week three. But then again with IR you can bring guys back at any point. I yeah. think that's the new rule this season. Um, Yeah, so it, it could be a possibility. I know also like six of those 16 on the practice squad can have no limit of recruit seasons so you could just place them there if they feel like hey um and then each tuesday you can protect one of those guys at 4 p.m before a sunday game so maybe that's their, their thought process but i think it all depends on the severity and the progress of an eddie pinheiro but yeah it could be just you place them on injured reserve bring them back whenever and you save a, practice a few squad weeks spot for anybody yeah, yeah if
1: it's a few weeks to me it would make no sense to not waste a practice squad spot, but if he is injured and if I'm reading the rules correctly, I mean, it sounds like you can put people on and off that too, just like practice squad. So why not shove them there? You can keep, you know, a Duke Shelley on your practice squad and things will be all right. You can keep that extra spot for Duke and Isaiah Irving, by the way, uh, both of them. (laughs) So that's how you can keep both of them, Nick. But um, one thing we didn't talk about with safety that I did put in my notes, I want to make sure we go back. So I apologize to our listeners for taking two steps back, but Deion Bush has been having a really strong camp, and I'm surprised he didn't stop me in my tracks. Do you think he starts? Um, so
0: I I think the Bears would be all right if he starts. I I still think it's to Sean Gibson's uh, job. I still think he's done enough. And yeah, those guys have been battling. Like there's been so many battles in this in this training camp. Well, there has been times where I think you know Deion Bush has been beaten by those tight ends. You see the you know the highlight videos of them. It's usually twenty six on the other end being beat but yeah it's been a competitive camp from what we're hearing from Bears reporters but I still think Tashawn Gibson will get that that start at the beginning of the season and Dion Bush Deion Bush is going to play. Um, if if you guys haven't had a chance to read my article on Roquan Smith and whether or not he's a three down player Dion Bush is the guy that's usually coming in to replace him when they go that big nickel and so he's going to see the field at times this season and you know, it's not going to be like Dion Bush is just going to disappear. He will have some playing time. Might not be at starting safety,
1: but he will be in that big nickel situation. All right. I mean, I get that. I was actually surprised. I thought you may go Dion Bush just with your affinity with him, but that makes sense. I mean, I know he's a veteran. He's been very productive over his last few seasons as well, And but it seems like Dion Bush has came in with a pretty big chip on his shoulder, really wanting to prove he can play. Uh, he's is a better fit in that more box safety mold, and he can step up, make a big hit. He can play that a little bit more intuitively as well. And I wouldn't be surprised if, like you said, he gets some decent amount of snaps as well just because I think the Bears are high on him too. But all right, uh, so 53-man roster. The only really big difference is, I would say, um, uh, defense is I'm keeping uh, a second R. Smith where you're going to be keeping Isaiah Irving as well as Duke Shelley. And then on offense, I have... Uh, horse dead on tight end and we're switching up at running backs. You took Ryan Nall when I went with the other uh, Oregon State running back with Artavis Pierce, but very close overall. But I like how we differed because those are, I think some ways that they can make some different decisions. I mean, most of these guys are set, um, but these are some of the decisions and we kind of leaned one way and some the other. And it will be interesting on Saturday to see if I was right and you were wrong or vice versa or both wrong. We don't know. And we'll find out here in a few days
0: yeah it's always fun to compare and contrast and see how close we really did get to the actual 53 and come week 2 it'll change you know so that will be done and you know gone with and we'll go to the next you know 53 guys I'll be playing on Sundays but yeah it's always a fun exercise one that I hope our, our listeners enjoy and you know we can make a little game out of it like we usually do
1: yeah maybe we'll do like when we get back to our preview shows next week which by the way i'm excited to get back to game previews and post-game shows but we can see who had like the best percentage like when i have 100 percent and you have like 93 well we can talk about that
0: <laughs> usually i'm the one expressing like this type of cop you know when obviously mine comes completely correct but yeah we'll we'll see
1: we will see it's the coaching in me nick i have to be quick on the fly with these kids because if i'm not i'm the one that's toast though so it's a lot of practice coming for me with my couple hours a day that I have uh, with my kids, but let's go ahead up next. We're going to be talking about the bears quarterback competition, who we believe will be starting under center week one. It was really interesting because earlier this week, we said we weren't going to find out until pretty much kickoff. And now it's like, Hey, You're going to find out this next week. So we're going to find out in a few days, but we'll speculate what the decision uh, may end up being. But first, Nick, I know we wanted to talk about a few donations uh, that came our way this week and let people know how they can continue to support our show as we continue to wanting to grow our brand as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I can't express this enough, Will, but the Clemens family from York, Pennsylvania, Matt, Crystal, Morgan, and baby Christopher – you guys are amazing for your gener- generosity, your support from your family to ours here at the Chicago Audible. It's simply amazing. Uh, I can't thank you enough, like I said, for all that you've done, for all the donations, all the support. It, it really means a lot from me to Will. You know, this entire brand that we have here, it's, it's people like you that, you know, allow us to do what we love to do, and that's Talk Bears Football. And I'm glad that your family enjoys it, listens to it. And I know you sent uh, sent us pictures of your your beautiful family, and you know seeing baby Christopher in in the Bears you know attire that was awesome to see. You guys, like I said, are amazing. And I just want to say thank you.
1: Yeah, no, that's tremendous. I mean, the fact that you guys are still supporting at the level that you are, uh, you have, you have a family that you're supporting right now. The kids. I mean, it it does it means so much, and just to see a the family and b that again, Nick and I we keep the show clean on purpose. We don't we want to be, you know, able to be listened to in the car with the kids and when you're taking road trips and to be shared with a family experience on our show. I mean, it means a lot to us and as a dad myself, uh definitely understand this how cool that can be to have some of these shared experiences. Um but Nick, do we have any others come in this week via your route? I know PayPal is a little bit of a dry spell, but any others come in via Venmo? No,
0: that was it. It was the, it was the Clemens family twice. So, again, thank you guys so much Um, but if you want to get a shout out on the next podcast here's how you can make that happen either through Venmo or PayPal if you send us any type of donation we'll give you a shout out on the next podcast and when you send that donation please put down your name and where you are from so Will and I can get a better sense of exactly who is sending us a donation and again where you guys are from in the world maybe so it's awesome to see that wide variety of our fan base and here's how you can make that happen on Venmo, you can look up the username The Chicago Audible. You should see my name, Nicholas Moriano, and the Chicago Audible logo. Or you can go on PayPal and make the don- donation to www.ChicagoAudible.com slash PayPal. WWW. Did I say www.? I don't even know what it is. dot. So www.
1: ChicagoAudible.com. I'm sure people page. know. I just wanted to say it because yeah. someone types into two W's and like, what the heck, Nick? You said www. Yeah, I did and say then I'm going to get a nasty email and then I'm going to have to twist your <laughs> arm, and it's not how I want to spend my Labor Day weekend. Uh, as we, it's a good time to have one.
0: Is that is that what it is, Will? You just don't want to see me because to twist my arm, we would have to be, someone in the close vicinity.
1: I do miss you, and I can't wait to see you in person again. It's been it's been way too long. Uh, that's for sure. Well, what was it? Was it the Combine? Yeah, must have been, been the Combine since yeah, February. I mean, that was a good it week. seems like but, forever ago. Yeah, it, it does feel like a lifetime ago. I mean, it was right before everything hit. So everything. it, it, it yeah. is a lifetime ago. But I do enjoy, or at least we get to see each other on video here for these shows. But yeah, like Nick said, uh, every time that you help donate to our show, it does help. Uh, it costs us money every month to run the live streams, uh, to have the software for that. I know Nick's mic is acting up again. So, I mean, it's begging for a little bit of extra cash to work itself out. Uh, outside of that, though, for all honesty's sake, you know, website costs, uh, just other small costs that just all come together to kind of run our show, keep our website up. And every little bit helps. And we do appreciate it. And of course, if I can buy my kid a Happy Meal once in a while for taking the time out of my evening that I have with him with school to do a podcast, everything like that does come with a tremendous amount of appreciation for the time that we put in for this show uh speaking of time that gets put in the bears have been putting a lot of time deciphering through their quarterback situation and nick it's been hard for me because we don't hear a lot a lot of coach speak and we don't get to see anything besides some highlight videos and you hear good things maybe about mitch but you also hear a little bit of good things about uh you know nick Foles. and it's almost an impossible task i would say to say who's going to start based off of at least what we're hearing and seeing I think the only people to know are the only people inside of Palace Hall who have make the decision by now if it's been made by now but I don't know Nick it's interesting uh I don't know if we just ripped the bandaid off and say who do you have and well, I got cwwc said in the chat that I donated and I got to find my shout out yes you do I don't remember when I we did that I think that was when I did my solo
0: um yeah, that was when I did all the uh when I brought Mason West and Patrick Finley CW. So check out that podcast I'm pot 100% confident I put it in that one. It's in between the two interviews. So go back my solo podcast with Patrick Finley and Mason West and it should be there in that shout out. But we'll give you one here. So CW, thank you so much for your donation, my man.
1: Yeah, you can get two. I don't care. The more the merrier, and that's fine by me as well. Appreciate your support of the show, man, and obviously you cared enough to make sure you got that shout-out, so we're here to do that for you. But, Nick, I'm underwhelmed when it comes to this quarterback talk. Uh, Again, we don't have a lot to really draw on besides what we're hearing, but like with Mitch, you hear good things like he's not bailing out of the pocket, He's making some, a little bit more of aggressive throws, but also these aren't really full-life reps. If he was running out of the pocket without really getting contacted, that would be a big red flag. And Nick Foles, you hear things about impressing with his communication skills, commanding the huddle, being a leader on the sidelines, and things like that, which to me feels a little bit more quarterbacky y and uh, quarterback leadership role that you would like. But how about you? Anything that you want to preface this conversation on before we kind of just, just talk about our options? Yeah, I think
0: just for me, this whole quarterback competition, how it was like hyped up to be, I was, I think, maybe expecting one of these guys to be the clear-cut winner in this competition. But throughout the, what, two weeks or whatever it was of training camp and what we've heard from Bears reporters and seen through tweets and everything like that, I think it was a little underwhelming. We don't, we don't have a winner, for one. Um, as of right now from what Matt Nagy's been saying, what what the team's been saying. And it didn't seem like either one of these guys just took control of winning this single job to start off the 2020 NFL season. I think that's disappointing um, just to hear that, you know, none of these quarterbacks, given their past experiences and they differ. Mitch was in the offseason training with his guys. It didn't really play out to fruition to see that chemistry on the field nick Foles has experience in this type of system didn't practice with his guys but he's still throwing up you know fluttering footballs into double coverage and like there wasn't any separation at any point i think both these guys had decent throws throughout a practice not necessarily a good practice so Mm -hmm. if we're only getting so excited about a throw here and there i don't think you could be really excited about the quarterback position in whole so that's how i was looking at it at this point I'm so sick of it. I, <laughs> I'm am right. waiting. I'm waiting for it to hear whenever they announce it. Hopefully it's by Monday. You would think it's game week. They need to start preparing. This offensive line needs to know who's going to be their quarterback. Start game playing with your guy. I, make that decision now and just let it internally know. But, yeah, I'm done with it, and we just need to get a starting quarterback so we can move on. And then eventually I think we'll see the other guy at some point in the regular season. Come on. It's not like we're not going to see the other guy at some point. So yeah, like I said, I'm tired of it. It was underwhelming, and but here we are. We're here. talking about it still.
1: Yeah, we are, and you know we're going to have to talk about it next week after a decision's made, and then hopefully we can just be status quo for a bit, focus on the games which we like to do on this podcast, and be all right for it. But are you going with M or ni I'm um, I'm going with M to start
0: the season. I'm going with Mitchell Trubisky. I just – look, I don't it – it's 50-50 at this point. I think the training – like I said, the training camp didn't separate either one of these two. But I think what it comes down to is really the Bears internally believing that maybe something's still there. I think they're just holding on to that maybe
1: – Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic. Our first system that detects snoring then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at Tempur-Pedic.com
0: Maybe what is now false hope to where they think Mitchell Trubisky has a little bit more upside that they like that he hasn't you know, ran outside the pocket. We didn't have to. They like the vision. Matt Nagy said that they see from Trubisky on downfield throws. They like that, and maybe that was just enough because Nick Foles didn't have a stellar training camp. I think if Nick Foles came out here, lit it up, looked like that guy, this we wouldn't be. We would already have the starting quarterback. Because, but because Nick Foles didn't do that, I think it just opened the door a little bit for Mitch Trubisky to get that starting spot. Like in Call of Duty where you can press, I think, the X button and you slightly creep and you could check out who's out there. That's exactly what it did. Um, and that's why even when I'm saying this, I'm not really confident I get you. that Mitch will be the guy. But that's who I think they roll out week one the season. You see also who they're playing against. Detroit, they have the Falcons, Giants, and then the Colts, all defenses that had low DVOAs last season, Mitch Trubisky in his past has actually had success against those type of defenses yep. if they want to see Mitch Trubisky one last time give him one last opportunity you're going to do it in the beginning of the season it's not going to happen later on the only way I see him coming in, filling in for Foles if Foles gets injured but come week one, when it's time for Detroit at Ford Field I think number 10 will be under center to start off this
1: season I agree with you and it's tough. I told you I didn't have it in my notes. Uh, either way, I mean, I put reasons for each. Um, and I mean, my reasons for Mitch are very close to yours. It's Ryan Pace, this is his project, and this is what he put a lot of chips down for. And if they come out and they say Nick Foles is the starter without using the explicit words, they're also going to say, We messed up. Mitch is not the guy. He can't be the guy. And. In- He's no longer going to be that option. We're not giving him that chance. And again, even if Foles came hurt and Mitch comes in off the bench, that's not the same. That's not giving him a chance. That's your only other option at that point. So for me, it's you don't, you don't want to admit defeat to start the season because you're going to be 0-1 before you even take the field in Detroit if you go with Nick Foles. That's damning for Mitch. That's damning for Payson like you. You give Mitch that final shot, that do or die, you let him know, like, Mitch, this is it. We declined your fifth-year option. You and Nick Foles, you guys were even. We'll give you the benefit of the doubt. You've been here. You've been our guy, but this is it. Like, you can't, you can't mess up this chance. You're out of Chicago. Good luck finding another job somewhere else that's starting. You'll probably have to start your whole NFL career as a backup mode and work your way up the ladder again. And. Again, and if he fails, at least Nagy, at least Pace can go to the podium and say, hey, we, we thought Mitch can do it. We thought he can pull it through, and he didn't. And they can say they gave him every chance possible. If they do it now, they're just saying that he doesn't even deserve the chance or the chance would just be a wasted time for the Bears. And that would be, I mean, if that's the case, I mean, say it, please, and let's just move on. But I don't think they're going to do that. But like you, we probably see both. And if you bring in Foles late, a couple of good benefits of that. He has more time to learn this offense because there are differences they're talking about that he's working through. And not resistance that he wants to do it his way, but he's learning the Bears' way and not the Nick Foles' way. This gives him some more time to do that. Uh, on top of that, I think Foles will take this a little bit uh, better. If he's a backup, he'll still be a strong leader. And, not and again, everything that we've heard from Mitch, he's a great guy. Uh, he's a great teammate. He's an awesome person. But I think he shuts down. If you bench him now, like he's not going to be as engaged. You need him. I think Foles would still be fully engaged and he'd be ready to take in coming out of the bullpen anytime this season. And like you, Nick early part of the season's easier. Things start to struggle. You plenty of time before it goes too far straight, flip a switch, put in Nick Foles, And I think that can provide a mid season spark that maybe this team will need. We don't know how this team, how the season's going to go. And maybe you do need that spark, but if you're bringing in a Mitch, I feel like, everyone feel like oh now we're settling for this guy like oh we don't have nick Foles, and now we have to bring in mitch it's not a spark that wouldn't be what the team needs so i think if you're going to see both this is the best way i think unfortunately for the bears nick Foles didn't pull away i mean obviously you want to see either way i know there's a lot invested in Foles. there was a lot invested in trubisky and i don't think you look at it that way but for me it's you wish someone would have pulled away obviously maybe mitch because he's younger but you, if Foles came here and demanded it and took over, you'd hear about it. Same thing for Mitch. And if it's even, you go with who's been here and you give your young quarterback that you drafted second overall in the 2017 NFL draft that final chance. Sink or swim, bud. And it's time to swim. And if you sink, the NFL Sharks will get you. And we have another guy that can take over and command the ship. And we'll have a new captain. And I think that's how they're going to look at it.
0: Yeah, I think that was perfectly wrapped up there. I think you know, if Mitch does get this starting job, it's a short leash. Like like I said, if he's struggling against these weaker defenses start off the season, you pull the plug. It it's as simple as that. Don't waste because we were just talking about maybe the Bears think it's better this way. Nick Foles used to coming off the bench, but this is a defense that can't be wasted. This is a top five defense. This is a team that was you know, had it not double-doinked against the Philadelphia Eagles, maybe there's a playoff run. There's talent on this roster. And if they see that Mitch isn't the guy early on, like the Bears are still winning games because probably their defense is, you know, keeping them in games, maybe getting those turnovers that we're used to. But the quarterback play is poor. And if it's Trubisky, the one there, pull it after a game. Or pull it after the second game. What That's the Giants, I believe. End it there. Put in Nick Foles. Let him run, you know, the system. If they feel that is best for the team. And I think that's ultimately what we all want. Whatever's best for the Bears. Maybe people have their biases. I'm sure they do. Like everyone, when we saw Mitch drafted number two overall, there's kind of a connection there. Seeing a guy drafted that high, just his character, what he means to this organization, all this stuff. But we like seeing W's. I think that Mm -hmm. is what all Bears fans can relate with, seeing the success of the football team. You like to see certain players have success, of course, but we're here to see victories and... You know, over the past couple of years, we haven't seen enough of them. So that's ultimately what's most important here. And if Nick Foles is the guy that puts you in the best position to do that, you let him play.
1: Again, if you're looking for what's best for the Bears, I mean, probably not this quarterback situation at all would be best case scenario <laughs> for the Bears. And I think we wish we weren't in this situation. But looking at Nick Foles, never played a full 16-game season. No reason to think he can do it now. You save him for later if you need him. It's a really good plan B. Maybe it, you know, he's someone that if he had a little, if he was a little bit younger, if he was a little bit more adorable, uh, he would be a decent plan A. But at this right now, I think you just give Mitch the chat and you roll with it and you see what happens. And uh, Nick, my next question is, how do you approach the Mitchell Trubisky offense if that's what they're going to go? Is it training wheels on? You tailor it to Mitch, or is it you just take everything off? You, you, you know, you're, you're teaching your kid how to ride a bike. You let him go from behind, and you let him pedal. And if he falls, he falls. And if he, if he can get back up and keep riding, great. And if he's, you know, afraid and he doesn't want to keep going, you try again another day. But I think we've done that with Mitch enough. I feel like at this age of his career, you have to just say, buddy, this is an NFL offense. These are the decisions that you need to make pre-snap, post-snap. Show us you can do it. Because if not, like, that's it, man. Like you got to do it. Like, Nick, like I, I can tell you from personal experience, there's nothing more frustrating than having a vision for a play and it just, the quarterback can't grasp it. And you try to explain it 10 different ways and he's still a little lost. It's it's a little nerve-wracking. And I can imagine someone at the pro level, if they just can't grasp it, just how much you want to make snaggy snag you want to pull out. Well, I guess he doesn't have hair to pull out, but you know what I meant. Like this, <laughs> it, it would just really grind my gears a little bit. So for me, you, ha- you can't baby him anymore. You throw him into the water and you see what happens. You let him ride the bike. If he falls without the training wheels, so be it. See if he can pick himself up. But if he can't, then at least you know. And then you say you know, and we can just move on, and that's the end of the conversation. And we can talk about it was a bad de- decision to draft them. We all know probably there, there are two better options or there were two better options on the table, and I'm not going to harp about that because I have a 2020 football season to look forward to, not a 2017 draft to really harp on. But, Nick, I mean, it's, this is it, and I think this is going to be the final hurrah uh, unless – Unless it all works out, but I don't envision it going that great, but God forbid, please say I'm wrong because I would love to be wrong. Please. Yeah, that would be
0: definitely something that you would look back on and be like, thank God I was wrong, but it doesn't seem like that's going to be you know, the route or what happens this 2020 NFL season, and you know what, Will, for our listeners, for us, I'm done with it. We've we, we obviously given our opinions on what ends up happening who ends up starting but here's a big big takeaway and like we're not confident right there was no sense of really confidence about whoever starts or how this ends up because i i just don't think that either quarterback is not the guy for the future we i think we can all really attest to that unless nick Foles starts from the beginning and just lights it up can stay healthy but he's not like the age comes into factor and there's a you know injuries will be Something that's, that is always plagued Nick Foles. But I'll leave it at that. We gave our opinions on the quarterback situation. I think we'll we'll probably hear something over the weekend. I feel like something is going to leak out. But I'm thinking that Monday practice, a Saturday, the fifth three-man roster settled. By Monday, we should know who the starting quarterback of the Chicago Bears is.
1: Yep. And again, Nick and I, we're coming from a spot of... We want what's best for the Bears, and we're just speculating on what we think their thought process is and how they want to go through the season. And Honestly, I think a Mitchell Trubisky that is able to read a defense and make a decision and be confident in himself, by far would be an amazing option in this offense. He has an arm talent. He has some mechanics issues that make his accuracy goes astray, but mental issues as well, and we know that. We're aware of it. And For Nick Foles, for all the mental prowess that he has there's some physical tools that he's lacking as well again maybe if you blend these two quarterbacks together you'd be in a really good spot but we can't do it unless you play both quarterbacks this year and perhaps we'll see both of them but again it's not saying that we would want one and we don't want the other one on the team honestly again maybe this isn't I don't think this is a situation any of us want to be in but I think we've expressed it well enough Nick where people get where we're coming from and we'll see if Internally, the Bears are thinking along the same lines, or maybe they do just pull the plug on Mitch, which again would be damning for Ryan Pace, damning for Mitchell Trubisky. And it will be, I think, honestly, I'll say it, a distraction early on this season. And then if he comes in, then it's an interesting dynamic as well later on the year. So for all those reasons, I'm going to go with M and not N at least to start. Okay, I'll just make sure that was a, that was a look like maybe you're no, gonna say No, I don't something. want to
0: contribute anymore nope, to the club. You didn't say you were I'm done. I'm I should have really known. Well. I'm done. <laughs>
1: All right. So, Nick, we have some more season predictions to make. I know we want to make some bold predictions, uh, predicting who we think is going to be this season. MVB, lead the team in touchdowns, take away some really cool stuff coming up next. But before we do, I'm curious, how is your Audible adventure been going? And you want to let people know how they can support us by also joining in on the fun that is Audible?
0: Yeah, so my Audible adventure as of right now is still... I'm still looking for that um, adventure right now. Well, just seeing what am I going to listen to next. But for anybody who hasn't downloaded Audible, tried out one of their you know Audible original audiobooks or listened to a podcast, a guided wellness program, one of their many A-list comedies, or like I said, exclusive Audible originals, you should definitely change that. And you too will, just in case you haven't already, because Audible is such a fantastic program where it allows you to again maybe listen to an audiobook while you're on your commute to work the gym the grocery store wherever it may be audible gives you that opportunity to do that so here's how you can support the Chicago audible and also by using a great product like audible Um, you could try it out for yourself with a 30-day free trial that includes a free audiobook and if you're already a Prime member, which I know everybody is, you can, yeah, you can get a bonus free audiobook, So two for the price of one, basically on this free trial. And you can do that by heading to Chicago audible.com slash Amazon. And again, that's Chicago audible.com slash Amazon. Every time someone signs up for a 30 day free trial, we get a little bit of compensation for that. So make sure if you're looking for something new, looking to Listen to an audio book, which I think is just a fantastic experience. If you've never done that before, give it a try. And one last time, that's ChicagoAudible.com slash Amazon.
1: All right. Good stuff there, Nick. And no, I haven't signed up yet. Got to do it. And I'll let you know once I do. And then you can stop twisting my arm when you see me in person (laughs) again. But all right. So we have, like I said, predictions. And I'm excited to get into some of these predictions. A fun way to kind of end our show after some real serious quarterback talk that Nick's already trying to have some uh deja not deja vu some uh forgetfulness about because I know it's it's stressful it really is but let's go ahead let's start with a bang and let's start with some bold predictions I have two one for offense one for defense Uh, is that what you did Nick I know we didn't really explicitly say how we wanted to do bold predictions but you kind of shook your head so I think we're aligned here
0: Yeah, we're back on the the right track after our 53 man roster. We're back on the right track
1: here. Well, we already started that with the last conversation. You already did forget, so I'm proud of you. But, all right, offense. (laughs) Offensive bold prediction. I'll start with mine. I hand over to you, Nick. I don't care who's playing quarterback. My bold prediction is this offense becomes a top 10 scoring offense, and they'll score 25 points per game. Uh, That's just a little bit more than a touchdown more per game on average from a year ago. And with this defense, that should win this Bears team plenty of games throughout the season but yeah in order to be a top 10 offense last year the bears would have needed to score over 25 points per game like 25.2 or something like that so i'll give them at 25 points per game and i'll put them at the top 10 this year and i think that's pretty bold considering we don't know who's starting quarterback week one how about you
0: yeah absolutely so both of my bold predictions here offense and defense they are in the trenches so brandon you would be proud and hopefully listen to so you can get that shout out. But my bull prediction for the offensive side of the ball, I have James Daniels and Cody Whitehair becoming pro bowls by the end of becoming pro bowlers by the end of the season. So this would be Daniels first time and then this would be Whitehair's second time making it to the pro bowl when he went in 2018, I believe. So obviously that means we are getting improvement on the offensive line which the Bears desperately need. With Juan Castillo at the helm, there now coaching up these guys. But I have James Daniels and Cody Whitehair both making the Pro Bowl.
1: I like that a lot. Can you say Pro Bowl five times fast? I don't think I can.
0: Pro Bowl, Pro Bowl, Pro Bowl, Pro Bowl, Pro Bowl. That was a struggle. It was. Holy cow. (laughs) Yeah, it
1: was. But, uh, yeah, I just wanted to see. Uh, And also, I like how you said by year's end, like week two, they're like, hey, they're already Pro Bowlers. We're done. All right, Pro Bowl talent. I like it. I like it a <laughs> lot. We'll find out within a few weeks if they can reach that level, but I like the way you're thinking there, Nick. Let's switch over uh, to defense, and I'll let you go ahead and kick that one off.
0: Yeah, so like I said, staying in the trenches here, but my bold prediction on the defensive side of the ball, Bilal Nichols will lead all defensive linemen in sacks this season. Obviously, we know about Akeem Hicks there, but I think Bilal Nichols is ready for a breakout season and I think he's just going to have maybe a little bit more opportunities than maybe Nakeem Hicks who may be resting a little bit just to make sure he's healthy for down the road but I like where Bilal Nichols trajectory is at where he was heading at the end of his rookie season now being healthy revamping his body a little bit I just like the upside to Bilal Nichols, so he will lead all defensive linemen in sacks.
1: Now, if he does that, my question would be, is he playing a lot of nose, or are we putting like an Abdullah Anderson there, Brent Urban there? Because if he's playing in our defense at nose, he's going to have a lot of double teams, and I think that would make it difficult.
0: Yeah, this could be any number of ways, but I kind of see him more focusing on, on the edge there, three technique more so than head up on the center. So, but I think Bilal Nichols is just going to get opportunities. And the thing is, maybe Akeem Hicks doesn't get the sacks, but I think he'll absolutely lead defense alignment and pressures and disrupting plays. But Bilal Nichols has, I think, a little bit quicker, you know, get off. Just a bit, just because of giving his size, and he'll be in a three tech as opposed to head up maybe on a center. But like I said, I just like where Bilal Nichols' game is going. So, yeah, I think to answer your question, not so much on, on the nose or the zero technique, more a three on the nose hopefully your bold prediction is yeah hopefully
1: but i am going to tweet akeem and tell him that you said that below Nichols has a quicker get off and we'll see if he responds and you already look like you're fearing for your life so oh God.
0: <laughs> yeah you should have seen um in his interview today patrick finley um he asked him a question about i don't know if you saw the video where he caught the the punts and stuff but he asked akeem hicks did is that where he got injured? He's like, just stop it. Stop it. Next question. Like, who is this guy asking this question? I'm like, oh, man. I felt like the tension. of like, that's my professor. I just had him, you know, as a guest on the podcast, what, a week ago. But, yeah, I, maybe, how about you don't do that, Will? I already had Duke Shelley mad at me last year. I don't need any, especially Nakeem Hicks. So, let's not.
1: I mean, you know, Hicks and I have a good rapport. We took that selfie a few years ago. He talked about it when I was missing training camp a few weeks whenever I dabble into Bears' Twitter again, which with my work schedule, it's just not nearly the same, but hopefully get back into it for the season just a little bit more. But getting into bold predictions, people are like, Will, just say your bold prediction, man. Uh, So for mine, uh, the defense, they're going to get back to 2018 levels of takeaways. Uh, In fact, I have them going just a little bit more. So I have the Bears, my bold prediction, they'll lead the NFL takeaways again, uh, and they'll say about 2.5 on average per game, uh, which is about 40 on the year. And that 2.5 average would be the most from a defense since uh, the Carolina Panthers in 2015. So I think this defense has an opportunity to get back close to 2018. But if they can get to the best mark since five years ago, that'd be pretty remarkable. So for me, that's going to be my bold prediction.
0: I like it, Will. Uh, we definitely need that. If you know, the offense doesn't get better, we definitely need the defense to
1: be as close to 2018 as possible. For sure. All right, so MBB, obviously for those listening who maybe haven't listened to us in the past, after every Bears game, we do hand out our most valuable bear from the game. And at the end of the year, we determine who was the most valuable bear from the season. So this year, I wanted to predict who we think will be the team's MVB after 2020. And Nick, do you want to go first or are you going to defer?
0: No, you know what? I'll take this because I I like my guy for the most valuable bear award, and I think that is going to be Akeem Hicks. Even though I said he might not have the most sacks on the team, when I think about Hicks, a healthy Akeem Hicks, this defense arguably goes to being one of the best in the league. He impacts the entire unit. It's not just Mack and Quinn, who he makes their job a lot easier, Uh, Kyle Fuller, Jalen Johnson, Jackson, and Gibson. Like he affects all three levels because of that interior pressure, that presence he has for the defense, and we saw what happened when that when Akeem Hicks went down against the Raiders last season, week five, the defense wasn't the same. People had to fill in; they couldn't really do that role. But when Akeem Hicks is healthy, he is one of the most dominant interior defensive linemen in the league, and he might not have the most sacks, the most tackles, forced fumbles but he will be the most valuable to the defense. And again, it doesn't mean the best player, because we all know that's Cleo Mack, right? But in terms of value, what he can do for all three levels of the defense, and how not having Akeem Hicks really impacts the overall unit, I think he will end up being the MVP, and you'll see the different the difference that Akeem Hicks makes in this defense.
1: God, I like that answer a lot. Uh, we, t- we saw what happens without Akeem Hicks last year, and in- We've seen what this defense can be with, and there's all that talk about the power of three, Robert Quinn, Cleo Mack, Hakeem Hicks, but like you said, he affects the game on every level on that defense. He makes Roquan Smith and Danny Trevathan's life easier. If he's getting those pressures to the degree that he can, DBs, linebackers included, get better opportunities to come away with takeaways because throws are getting a little bit rushed. That makes so much sense, but unfortunately I don't have him on my list. I'm going offense. I have... Allen Robinson, Mr. Consistency, Mr. Dependable. And, God, Nick, he needs to earn that money somehow. Apparently, he's not doing enough just yet. So, for me, I'm going with Allen Robinson. I think he's going to lead the team and first downs gained. He's going to be someone that, you know, whoever's playing quarterback will depend on uh, to make some clutch throws, give him opportunities. Uh, they're going to lean on him a little bit. And I think if we want this passing game to go, Allen robinson he doesn't need to be the only option like he was almost a year ago but he needs to be the most consistent and the most dependable option and i think he'll prove that yet again so for me my mvb is going to be uh my prediction at least alan robinson and hopefully that's right and he could earn some money because he deserves each and every penny that's coming his way hopefully it's in chicago uh and if not that would be another sad podcast for us to have, and we'll, we'll get there when we need to get there. But let's go ahead and predict. Sticking with offense, at least I am touchdown leader, uh, and I'll begin because it's actually different than alan Robinson. I'm going with Jimmy Graham. Uh, I've talked about it when we brought in Jimmy Graham. I talked about it in our top ten uh, moves of the off season episode and just how good Jimmy Graham can be in the red zone. He wasn't utilized super effectively in Green Bay, but he still had some decent numbers. Going back to his days in Seattle, really effective red zone player. And you're just hearing about such a great camp. He's rejuvenated. He's really making difficult uh, life difficult for the Bears' defense, especially in the red zone. And for me, I love hearing that. I think with that big body target, Matt Nagy's creative mind, they'll find a way to give him some good looks in the red zone consistently. So as long as the Bears' offense can get down there, which last year was a struggle, I envision Jimmy Graham getting away with some easy points because again, you're going to cover. You're going to probably look at Allen Robinson first, and maybe it's Jimmy Graham. But I think you can throw it up, get him in some good situations with some scheme and some form uh, formations, and just some overall route concepts. So I like Jimmy Graham to lead this team in touchdowns. I guess now when I say 11, maybe we can have a running back get more than that, but that's okay. That's what I have in my notes. I'm going with it. Jimmy Graham. How about you, Nick?
0: Yeah, so I'm actually going with the running back and I'm going with David Montgomery leading the team in touchdowns this season. Last year he tied Allen Robinson with seven, six rushing, one receiving with seven there for David Montgomery. And that was, again, behind a terrible offensive line, an offense that barely got down into the red zone opportunities. And it was just, it was abysmal all over, but still David Montgomery was able to produce behind a bad offensive line. You're hoping that what the Bears did which really wasn't much to fix those issues uh, other than bringing Jermaine Effetti in and also having Juan Castillo now as the offensive line coach and uh, Clancy Barone's going to help in that aspect as well tight ends coach but I do see David Montgomery having more of a workload um I also just think that the Bears maybe this season as opposed to the first two of Matt Nagy they, they'll have more of an emphasis to run the ball throughout a game not just get away from it and you know only have what seven rushing attempts against the the Saints last season which was obviously not enough and that always gets brought up so I think there's going to be more of an emphasis to run the ball to set up the play action pass to actually make it maybe not a focal point but more of a focal point in 2020 so I just see Montgomery having more opportunities we all know he's dealing with the groin injury so maybe it might not happen Initially, but once the season rolls on where David Montgomery can really showcase his abilities, get more involved in the passing game, I think by the end of the season, he will have the most touchdowns
1: and get healthy and get healthy. And get healthy. We'll see though yeah, uh, that's maybe that could have been a bold prediction at this rate, but hopefully not um but just want to make sure everyone's aware at least for you too, Nick, did you not go quarterback on purpose like we weren't doing passing touchdowns, we were doing skill guys.
0: Yeah, so I mean, I have like David Montgomery outside of Trubisky, of course. Yeah, I just didn't want to factor the quarterback. Trubisky, into the of
1: course. That sounds a little <laughs> bullish. Yeah,
0: that's uh, true. I don't. I just wrote that in the notes, but I didn't want to have a quarterback be that guy. Passing yeah, touchdowns you can yeah, yeah.
1: exactly. No, we're on the same page. Just making sure because you're going to get that one person either in the comments or maybe someone's listening at home wondering like, what happened? Like, we're not going to have a quarterback throw for more than ten touchdowns because that would be pretty. Or me having Jimmy Graham with 11, like, well, wouldn't a quarterback have more? So I just want to make sure people understood uh, where we're coming from here. But moving to the defense, who do you think is going to lead the team in takeaways?
0: You know, I had to go back to the all-pro safety, Eddie Jackson. I think you could just do it all, whether it's interceptions, forced fumbles, take it back to the house. Obviously, we saw that in person at the Carolina game. Um, Even You know, his position, although furthest usually from the line of scrimmage and the ball – it just allows him to make big plays, impact plays, and I think we didn't see enough of that from Eddie Jackson. So maybe now with the pairing of Tashawn Gibson being that other safety alongside Eddie Jackson, we could see him be more that robber position. Just making more, you know, plays on the ball, which is what Eddie Jackson can do. And I think when it all
1: is said and done, Eddie Jackson will lead this team in takeaways. I have a counterpart in the secondary, but I'm gonna go with the all pro corner, and that's gonna be Kyle Fuller, uh, Teams love to pick on him. Don't know why. Pass rush to get back, so quarterbacks be rushing those throws, and I think Fuller have... How many did you have for Jackson? Uh,
0: I didn't... I think back in our other I think it was safety preview, I had six turnovers
1: um, total. Okay. I, I put eight for Fuller, so I just wanted to know what your number may have been. Uh, I, I went a little higher than maybe I should, but I mean, a forced fumble or a fumble recovery with seven picks, yeah, we can get to eight. That's that's easy stuff. So Kyle Fuller is going to get eight takeaways. At least that's going to be my preseason prediction. But looking into underrated, overrated, who do you think is going to be the most underrated at the end of the year that played so well but just kind of flew under the radar? Uh, I have one that I, I feel confident about, but let's see. You're, you may steal it from me. So who do you got?
0: I have – so I don't actually even have answers to these, but I, I definitely have them now. I have Roy Robertson Harris oh, okay, being that underrated player. Okay, good. So, yeah, I think, you know, you won't see maybe the sack numbers or the maybe the pressures that are highest on the team, but he's going to have more opportunities this season. And, you know, if he has a productive one, he's going to get paid. I think he's shown enough growth throughout the, you know, seasons here. We just got to see more consistent. I think this season, the 2020 season, is going to give him the most opportunities that he's ever had, especially without an Eddie Goldman being here. But all said and done, he'll be the most underrated because it's somebody that you know maybe didn't have like I said the biggest numbers but he had an impact on the game. So I'll go with Roy Robertson Harris.
1: I'm going offense. I'm sticking in the trenches via that route. Do you have a guess? Sticking in the trenches, you're going to say an offensive lineman. I just don't know who. Guess. Cody Weiner. No, Jermaine Effetti. That's why he's going to be so underrated okay. because we're not even going to think about him. I mean, for all the crap that he got from Bears fans when they signed him and the coaches were talking him up, he locked down that right guard position in a hurry, which, hey, a quarterback could have done that and would have made our lives easier. But no, it's Jermaine Affetti locking down a position here quick. So I think he's going to play very, very well. Uh, he's gonna again. You're not gonna hear his name because it's an offensive lineman, and if you're playing well, you're not gonna be talked about. Don't think he's gonna be dubbed the Pro Bowler or anything of that nature. I think he's just gonna fly under the radar, do his job, and that's really what we need at right guard because it was a weakness last year for that offensive line. But I think at the end of the year, people reflecting go, "Wait, Jermaine Fetti wasn't that bad," and I think if we can get to that point, I think he would play higher. T- uh, at a higher level than most envisioned, and if so, I think the Bears' offense will be much improved for it. And I don't think he's going to get that recognition, so I'm going to—I'm not going to say I'm going to give him some pre-recognition, but I can envision a scenario where we have a full year of Jermaine Fetty at right guard. We barely talk about it throughout the year because we're focusing on everything else, and then when we get into the off-season, like, You know, that was a really good year, so that's—that's uh, that's why I'm going to go with Jermaine Defit because it's a—it's not a glamorous position. It's not a big household name, but I think he's going to be fine. And that's going to be more than serviceable for the Bears. I like that. It's a good one. Thank you. I told you I felt good about it. (laughs) 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 All right. uh, One more before we actually do our final record prediction. And who's going to be overrated by the end of the year? I don't know what that even means. Because it could be someone who had a decent year, but people hyped up too much. It could be someone that we're too high on now that doesn't have a good year. I I don't care which way you want to take it, but... What are your thoughts? Who's going to be overrated at the end of the year?
0: Yeah, I went your, the second route there, Will, and there's a lot of hype around these tight ends, right? We're all talking about tight ends, the great camp they're having, and I know you like Jimmy Graham, but when it comes you know, down towards the end of the 2020 NFL season, and I hope this isn't right, but don't let this be the most hype that Jimmy Graham is getting because That's he's getting smart. a lot of it, a lot of love here. So, um, I don't know if his stats will kind of reflect on the hype that is now generated around him and what he's done thus far through camp. You know, if you go back to the signing, it was something that was not highly, um, you know, liked by a lot of Bears fans. But now I think, even myself, I've come to the, I guess, the conclusion that, I, you know, it's not as bad of a signing as it was because of what he's been doing. But just don't let this be the the best thing that Jimmy Graham does all season with this hype. So... That's what I went for the overrated, and again, I hope I'm wrong on that because Jimmy Graham, I really, it's grown on me. It really has, So, but that's what that's the approach I went for this question,
1: and I'm curious what your take was. That's a good one, though, honestly. Obviously, I got high on him. I mean, I threw him up there as leading the team, so you make a really, really good point, and I hope you're wrong, too. I went back to last year's who we had as the most overrated player for the year, and I think it's going to be Tariq Cohen again. I think he's someone that we have expectations for, at least being a dynamic playmaker. I, I just don't think he's going to adhere to it. I don't think he's going to have as big as a role as we're envisioning. There's other playmakers here. Now, hey, if he can have a smaller role and make those touches count, because last year he had a lot of touches and not a lot of production, if he has cuts to touches in half, but he can equal the same production, I'd be fine with that. Uh, I just don't want the Bears to overuse him and suffer for it. And I have a gut feeling that as much as we love Cohen and he's had some really good moments here, I just don't think the sideline magnet's going to go away. I think I saw that in the scrimmage highlights that the Bears put out that he ran right to the sideline on one of those plays. And I I don't know. I think people are just a little bit too high still on uh, Tariq Cohen. And again, hopefully I'm wrong. Uh, But I think that he's someone that we always expect more than we get. And that could be our fault. That could be his fault. It's probably a little bit in between, um, but I think it'll be Tariq Cohen when it's all said and done, unfortunately. We'll see though.
0: Yeah, it's another good one. Another good one.
1: All right, Nick. Well, you know, all off season, I literally since the 2020, the 2019 season ended and we're at the combine, you get to what's the Bears record going to be. Like, we don't know who they're drafting. We don't know who they're going to sign in for the agency. We don't even know who they're playing. Well, we know the opponents, but we don't know the order. Like, it's okay, we'll wait, and then we get to the training camp, and we just like to wait till we get close to the season, see what's shaking out around the league before we kind of make our official record predictions. And I, it's odd because we are sneaking this in in the back end of an episode that's been going on for 95, 96 minutes now, but for those listening at this rate still, I think, hey, you get a little, not a bonus, but you get what you've been asking for, which is going to be our official record predictions. And, you know, Nick and I, we, we we're level-headed, and, we don't need to be throwing this out here crazily. And this is what's going to be. And I was telling Nick for we went live, we'll, we'll do them and give it four weeks and we'll change them. Yeah, but this is going to be <laughs> the one that we'll look back at and say, if we're right or wrong, uh, at least officially uh, before we change expectations based off how the season goes. But Nick, this one's tougher than most years because again, we don't see this team in person. We don't get to watch their practices. We're just barely getting a lot, uh, barely getting a lot of information, barely getting some information. And it's, it's I mean, that's everywhere on the NFL and the whole no fans and COVID. It's the whole season can go in so many directions. And I hope we just get the full season in as planned. And that's going to be another item that we'll have to keep tabs on. But. When it comes to the Bears, and we're focusing on these 16 games, play and be damned, what do you think the record's going to be? We've heard about, we know, we figured out who's going to make this team, or we're assuming who's going to make this team. We'll find out in a few days who's right and how wrong you are. (laughs) And from there, uh, we'll keep moving forward. But as it sits today, looking at the schedule ahead, looking what we have at this roster, what's going to be that final record when it's all said and done?
0: I have no idea. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Actually, so um, I had two scenarios go out. One, my optimistic approach and one, you know, pessimistic really. So here's if things all go well. The quarterback play is average. The defense is top five. The Bears are looking to be that team in 2018 that was just rolling in hot and just, you know, really just playing some good football. I can easily see this team going 11-5. Being, and that being a good season, not obviously a 12-4 and four record, but you know that's a good way of approaching this. And I have them losing just in this um, scenario here. I have them losing to Tampa Bay on Thursday night, to the Los Angeles Rams on a Monday night, then back the next week to New Orleans. That's at home. And then I have them losing to Houston and at Minnesota. But, again, victories all across the board um, the other way for those 11 wins and here's my pessimistic approach. They can start off flat, and that starts off in Detroit, at Detroit. They haven't figured out, again, really who they really wanted to start at quarterback. No David Montgomery. We saw, like, you know, just leaving last season the Thanksgiving game, right, where you have a touchdown on the third play of the game, a 75-plus yard touchdown to forget who it was, Galladay I think, running down the sideline. Maybe they come out flat. They lose that game, and I can see them going 9-7, and seven. But here's the thing, I think this roster overall is better than twenty nineteen. So I don't see them getting worse than eight and eight. But nine and seven, I don't even know right now in the NFC if that can even get you into an expanded playoff. You'll have one more team, right? But there's so much competition going on. And in this nine and seven approach, I have the Bears losing that first week to Detroit, lose to Tampa Bay again, lose here the only other victory or the only other loss that I have is the Sunday night at Green Bay. So 11-5, 9-7, I just don't – it could happen. Look, we didn't expect 2019 to be the season that it was, right? We're all expecting Super Bowl aspirations all
1: those great, fun things. Yeah. But I think this team is better than it was last season. I get it. I mean, it, it can go so many ways. I like how you had your optimistic and your pessimistic, 11-5, uh, 9-7, and, five, nine and seven, because I'm sitting here, Nick, at 10-6. <laughs> <laughs> there you I mean, go. it works out really well. My losses are Saints, Titans, uh, the Packers game you mentioned, one of the Vikings. Uh, just splitting those two series, and I know we have Don Burn in the chat, so he's probably pissed off because I have the Bears beating the Lions twice, and I'll see it come up in a minute. You're welcome. Uh, but then Bucks and Texans. <laughs> I mean, the Bears haven't beat the Texans ever. So I don't know. I'm just going with history. I mean, I would love to change that narrative, but meh. For now, ten and six is. It feels right, and that's enough to get to the playoffs. And I think with this defense, you better find a way to get to the postseason. And then once you get there, anything can happen. And I mean, last year, Nick, we got way too high, and we, and it really, it was a good lesson to learn: never to get too high in a team. Um, and something that I've said a lot this off season about players, and I'm going to take it upon myself to put it to the whole team: is to keep the bar lower and let it exceed. And so for me, I think ten and six is still one of my best-case scenarios, Um, but it's just where I felt the roster, I mean, the record kind of falling in. I think this team, you can play well early on. We'll see how it kind of shakes out in that middle because we mentioned in the schedule breakdown, I mean, it gets real tough uh, for that middle of the season. And then this last bit, there's a lot of games that are division only, and that's when you control your own destiny. And I think when we get to that point, if you have to throw in Nick Foles, if the Bears start with Mitchell Trubisky, you can get hot. And then we've seen what Nick Fultz can do late in the season, getting hot, taking a team, leading a team. And there's so many ways it can go, but I'm going at 10 to six. You have to pick one. You can't do pessimistic, optimistic. Cause you're gonna say, well, I told you I was pessimistic. Or I told you I was optimistic. Are you going to fall where I am at at 10 to six and split the difference?
0: You know, that it's, it sounded like a good number. There's man, you know, with football vastly approaching, Will I kind of want to go my optimistic route. I'm excited. Football's back. So, We'll we'll settle out, go the eleven and five route. He'll call me a homer all you want, but you know, football's coming back. Hopefully, like you said earlier, Will, that we do get an entire season. But I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready for some Bears football. I'm ready to see that defense take over and hopefully and get whatever we get from the offense. But I'll go I'll go my optimistic and eleven five season.
1: All right. Eleven five. No complaints there. Ten and six. Honestly, given the fact I don't know who's starting quarterback, I wouldn't feel too bad about that one either. Um, But hopefully we're both underselling uh, this team. But, again, learned a lot of lessons from last year, Nick. And last year, I mean, mean, at least the Bears have too because I'm not hearing nearly the same smack come out and the confidence come out. So that's pretty good. Uh, Feel free if you're in the chat to throw in your record predictions. I know you've been throwing them all off season, but feel free to throw in some more here, and if you're listening and you want Nick and I to know, you know, let us know on Facebook, Twitter, send us an email. I mean, I love reading your emails and just hearing your thoughts in general about this team. I mean, we're two Bears fans just talking to some more, and we're here just to be facilitators of a conversation, and you're more than glad to partake in it as well, but Nick we did a lot now this show ran a little longer than i thought but a really good discussion and i think you can tell we missed one another talking bears football on this show so any final thoughts before we kind of wrap things up
0: no i think you know we obviously had some very big topics hopefully now everyone gets a sense of what we're thinking but september 13th will i mean we're going to be talking breaking down a real game bears lions it's going to be fun it's seems like forever ago where we were just without football but it's nice that next week we'll be in you know game preparation mode we're going to talk about what we want to do for this upcoming season so that'll be fun in itself but yeah let's let's get this thing rolling i cannot wait
1: yeah me too uh me too like you said it's been it's been a long off season uh, just not just the off season in general but just everything uh, going on uh, in the world too that just kind of stretches out the day by day and it's glad to have football right around the corner so we can get back and focus on that and I know my schedule will be a little different uh, just because of the games with kids and uh, coaching, but like I said, it's not going to really interfere our podcast at all. And that's great. And I'm going to be a little bit more involved in football uh, throughout the months of September and October than normal, which can't really go wrong with that one too, Nick. I do want to give people a quick update. Uh, Just thanks to all of you. We do have a new sponsor for the 2020 season. Uh, I'll say it now. I'll give them a free shout out. It's going to be Coors Light. Uh, So we are very excited to be partnering with Coors Light this year and when they were reaching out to me about a sponsorship, they'd reached out saying that they found us just due to the tremendous amount of fan reviews that we had on our show. Over 600 on iTunes, Apple Podcasts. And that's just something I've always been expressing throughout the years, honestly, in this off season too, just how much those mean to us because they can help us lead to some opportunities like this. So, please, if you haven't left a review on Apple Podcasts yet and you've been thinking about it or you just keep forgetting, take a moment, just rate our show It really does help our opportunities out there in the world to show that you know we are a show that's appreciated and well-received, and it is a very modest sponsorship uh, just due to the COVID-19. It has been much more difficult to secure sponsorships like we've had in the past, so your donations like we talked about earlier still mean so much to all of us. We do need your support along the way this season. Uh, We're working on getting some merch store opened up yet again. I know the NFL made us take it down a couple years ago, and we've been kind of on the fence about opening it back up, but I think we've decided now's the time to do that so we can get out some shirts for you. And I think we can start implementing some new things too. Like if you donate a certain amount of money, you get not just a shout out, but we'll also send you a free shirt as well. So that way you can wear rep our show and help spread the word. Cause you know, your word of mouth means a lot to us we don't have advertising dollars to spend. So you just telling a fellow bears fan to check out the Chicago audible means really the world, and it's the best way to help us grow our audience. But Nick, like you said, next week we get to talk about a preview. We get to discuss an upcoming game. It's been nine months uh, since we've done that, and I'm glad to get back into game mode with you. I know this is when I think we shine a little bit with our content, how in-depth we go into each and every matchup, into every game, uh, both leading into the game, but as soon as the whistle ends, we hit the live stream, We're giving you our reaction to the game, but also our analysis. And that's something we've been doing ever since I started the show in 2015. And I can't wait to get back to our post-game shows. And if you're listening to the podcast and you want to partake in the post-game show chat, definitely subscribe to our YouTube channel. Best way you can do that. You can also watch on Facebook Live, uh, Periscope on Twitter. But the chat on YouTube really is where the party's at, especially post-game. And I understand that if you like listening to podcasts, please, uh, we'll be publishing episodes Uh, within a couple of hours after each game you know we do the show for about an hour hour and a half publish it as soon as possible and as soon as your uh, podcast app or player catches it it should be there at least that night if not worst case the morning after a game but that's the way you can keep up with us this season and i'm excited let's go uh nick anything else i I know i said that once but i rambled for a minute so i just want to make sure i didn't miss anything no,
0: I think you recapped everything, Will. I'm excited about the sponsorship with Coors. That's all we drank at Iowa. That was like our go to uh, beer there. We had a little beer wall, all Coors, you know, laid. Uh, responsibly, though. Cases. Yeah, responsibly, of course, of course. But yeah, I'm just, again, I, we're talking about football, real football. It's happening. Let's go. Let's
1: go. Yeah, seriously, I can't wait. So next time you hear from us, we'll be talking Bears versus Lions, what you need to know heading into that week. Who's starting at quarterback? What are the matchups to pay attention to? What should we expect from the Bears, both on offense and defense? And what is Detroit bringing to the table that you need to know as Bears fans? As you know, our goal is to make you the most informed Bears fan on game day. And, Nick, I, I'm excited to adhere to our promise here in just a week. But until then, bear down, Chicago. Bear down. Bear down. show my man Ooh that was awesome Yeah it always feels Stop good this. to get back to it